It's interesting, we were just looking at verse 12 Wednesday night. I didn't realize and got to looking at it. I said, man, we just looked at this verse over in verse 12, which says, I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. There, we were talking about the bread, that give us our daily bread and how that bread should be the word of God and how important the word of God is, reading it every morning, every day and getting your, getting your daily bread. And If you want to learn more about how to pray, come on up here on Wednesday nights. We're going through, Lord, teach us how to pray, and uh, it's been real interesting. I know I've learned some stuff, and if you want to learn more about what's going on, prophecy, what's going on in the Word of God, as far as end-time events, the book of Revelation, come on up here on Sunday morning. We're right in the middle of Revelation chapter 11, getting down, oh, that's good stuff, and two witnesses just got through being killed, so uh, I encourage you to come on up here if you can make it on Sunday morning. We get started around 10, 15, so we always get... It's always it's been, the 11 years I've been here has been like that. We get here at 11.15, I mean 10.15. We start at 10.15 Sunday school, so it's just the way, it's way, way Brother Tut had it set up, and I just didn't change it, and I'm glad I didn't because it gives me that 15 more minutes to get here. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord for that. All right, but we're going to be at uh, Job chapter 3 this morning. We're going to start there in uh, verse 14. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence, when I consider I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. Now last week, last Sunday, I, I preached on the dangers of a hard heart. And when I preached on that, I showed you that there's, there was at least five dangers of having a hard heart. I showed you in Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, I showed you that a judging heart turns into a hard heart. Then I showed you in Mark chapter 10, verse 5, that laws were created because of our hard hearts. That's why laws are created, because we have hard hearts. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 14, a hard heart will close your heart up to faith. And I showed you in Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 21, that a hard heart keeps you from understanding the Bible. There's real dangers in having a hard heart. And then lastly, I showed you last week that a hard heart, in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, which this is to me the, the biggest danger of having a hard heart. In Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, I showed you that a hard heart will cause Jesus to be angry with you. A hard heart will cause Jesus to be angry with you. And we don't want Jesus angry with us. And I promise you last Sunday, if you, if you made an effort to come up here this Sunday, the Lord willing, if He didn't change my heart, and He didn't, praise the Lord, but and things didn't change and we didn't get raptured out of here, that I was going to preach on how to get a soft heart. How to keep a soft heart. So this morning I want to focus on, I gave you all the bad last Sunday. <laughs> and I had, one of, you, I had one, of the, one of your members, one of y'all come up here and tell me that I was telling a story and it reminded them of, of him and his life. And I'm like, man, yeah, this, this stuff's so relatable to everything we live that it's so easy in this world to get a hard heart. But now let's look at scripture and how we can keep a soft heart. Because that we know there's dangers in having a hard heart. If you're, if you're an honest Christian, you know it's dangerous to have that old hard, hard heart. But we need to look at this morning, what does the scripture have to say of how we can get a soft heart? Because that's what I'm interested in. If you're going to give me the bad, give me the good, you know. If you're going to tell me that something's wrong, then show me how I can fix it. And God's always good about saying, hey, you're wrong about this. But then he tells us how we can fix it. And that's what we want to look at this morning is how to fix, how to fix a hard heart. So I'm going to show you here, <clears throat> starting out, that a healthy fear of God allows him to soften your heart. A healthy fear of God allows him to soften your heart. Look at verse 15. Therefore am I troubled at his presence. 
This is Job, and he's talking about the Lord. Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. I'm in Job chapter 3, verse 15. I'm sorry, what did I tell y'all? I'm sorry, guys. Don't, don't listen to me. Just pay attention to what I'm thinking. <laughs> Pardon me, Job chapter 23, verse 15. When I heard y'all were all y'all were all stopping me, I thought, man, I done cussed. <laughs> I done said something I shouldn't say, and my wife's gonna just rant and rave on me all the way home. You embarrassed us. Or I had my zipper down. One of those two. But praise the Lord, all it was was just me saying the wrong verse. All right. We're in Job chapter 23. We're at verse 15. I apologize. I apologize. But here we are. A healthy fear of God allows him to soften your heart. Look at verse 15. Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. Amen. You know what? Let me, let me say one other thing too. That's a real blessing to me. It really is that y'all are actually following along in your Bible enough to know that you're, I was reading out of the wrong passage. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, and another thing, y'all were thinking that I had the wrong Bible. Guys, Brother Keegan's got an NIV up there. Verse 15 though says, Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. You know, Job's a great man of God, and he says, I'm afraid of God. And you need to be afraid of God. He said, Brother Keegan, why should I be afraid of God? Because he's got your very breath in his hands, his, your very life. He can snuff you out, man. He can do so much wicked to you, so much evil, and he can't do that. He can allow the devil to get after you, and it should bring a lot of fear to your heart to think about what he can do to you. And it sh and, but when you can do that, look at verse 16. For God maketh my heart soft. And the Almighty troubleth me. So when you have a healthy fear of God, it allows Him to soften your heart. You want, you want to stop that hard heart? You need to be afraid of God. I remember years ago, uh, people would drive around with their trucks and their cars, and they had those stickers on the cars that said, No fear. You know, no fear. They had that, and it'd be in that weird type style. It'd say, no fear. Well, you should have some fear. And you should have some fear of God. I'm not telling you should fear me. or fear. You should fear God above all else. You should have afraid of, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. You know, you need to have a healthy fear of God. And what that does is that softens, that softens your heart. And it puts your heart in the right place. When you think of all what God can do, it should put your put fear in your heart. And it should put fear in your heart. But that's the beginning of having a soft heart is having a healthy fear of what the Lord can do to you. You know, uh, uh, when I, growing up and seeing people fight and people, you know, argue and getting about, they're about, they're about to get into a fist fight or something, I heard some guy, I should just come over there and just whip you. And I heard another guy say, well, don't let common sense and fear stop you. Don't let common sense and fear stop you, you know. You should have a little bit of fear about what you're doing. And, and, and the world's going through, and they have no fear of God, no fear that God's going to, they're going to have to answer to God, no fear of what they're doing, no fear of where it's going to end. And so many of them are ending in the wrong way. And they need to have a healthy fear of God, saying, you know, there's one day I'm going to give an account to this God. I'm going to have to stand before this God and give an account. And that should soften your heart and make it where it won't be so hard. Look at Deuteronomy. Let's turn over to Deuteronomy for a little while. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, I'm standing in the Old Testament for a lot of this because uh, I think the Old Testament gives us some good stuff about our hearts. But look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 23. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 23. Now, Moses is telling the story again about being up on the mount 
uh, uh, Mount Horeb and how uh, God came down and God gave him the Ten Commandments. But remember, when God came down, Moses is the only one that's willing to go up there. <laughs> I mean, he scared, uh, God scared him to death. And now look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 23. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 23. And it came to pass, and this is Moses talking, when you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, and now this is Moses talking to Israel. For the mountain did burn with fire, that you came near unto me, even all the heads of you tribes and your elders. And you said, Behold, the Lord our God that showed us his glory and his greatness. And we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doth talk with man, and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, then we shall die. See, there, there's somebody who's getting a good taste of God showing up. If, you know, people, ah, I, if there's really a God, I wish he'd show himself. God, I wish God would just show him. You don't want God showing up. <laughs> you think you do, but the men and women who have seen God showing up, they don't want God around anymore. It scares them to death. They said God showed up and the mountain caught on fire. And when he started speaking, it scared us like we were going to die. Some of these people stick their chest out and their nose up in the air. I don't believe in God. If God's real, he can strike me down. And God, there'll be a day you'll stand before God. And your old knees are going to be smoking. And you won't have that soul hard, that hard heart you have today. Your heart will soften up real quick. It'll just melt in your chest before you, when you stand before that mighty, holy God. And you know, this is a God that can do anything to me for eternity. It isn't like me showing up at your house and doing something to you that'll last just for a couple. This, this God can do something that's going to last for eternity. That should bring great fear to you, and it did them. They said, we're going to die. Look at verse 26. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? See, even his voice would scare them. They'd never really seen God. They'd just seen the fire and the mountain on fire and the smoke and the thunder and the lightning, but they heard a voice and it scared them literally to death. They don't have no part of this. Look at verse 27, go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God, this is them talking to Moses, go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God shall say and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee and we will hear it and do it. So they tell Moses, oh, we don't want any part of this, so you go be our mediator, just like Jesus Christ our mediator, you go be our mediator, you speak to God for us and whatever God tells you, you come back and tell us and we'll do it. See, they have a, excuse me, they have a fear of what God can do and they say, whatever this God does, that's what it says for us to do. That's what we're going to do. Amen. All right. So what does God say about this? Look at verse 28. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people. That's the words what he, we just talked about. Which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. The Lord said, you know what? They're telling the truth. They're saying it right. They don't want to have no part of me. It's better that you come up here. Because I'll just kill them. I don't want to have any part of them. Just bring, you bring it up here. I'll tell them what to do. And they're going to do it. And that'll be the way to do it. The Lord said that's a good way of looking at things. Look at verse 29 though. This is what the Lord said. This is what we need to know this morning. Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me. God says, I wish they had a heart that they were afraid of me. That's what I thought about. That's the way I raised my son. I wanted my son, if anything else, I wanted my son to be afraid of me. I wanted him to respect me, but I wanted him to have a little bit of fear of me. Why do you say that? Because I wanted him to be so afraid of me that he wouldn't do that stupid thing he was thinking about going and doing. 
you know, he had his friends over at the house, and uh, this is, of course, when he was young, about 12 years old, and they were talking about another friend of theirs that had done this stupid thing. I can't even remember what it was. And I remember my son turned to his friend and said, if I did that, my dad would kill me. Now, some of y'all might believe that. Some of y'all might not believe that. I would kill him. I don't think I would kill him, but I would get pretty close to it, you know. When, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but yeah, I, I, by, by the time the cops showed up, I'd had a good run at it, you know. Because I wanted him to have a little bit of fear of me because that keeps him in line. The only reason I don't do 100 miles an hour down here is because of the fear of the law. Or I would. And you can ask Joker, as soon as that cop pulled me over, the, first, as the cop pulled me over, he gave me a warning ticket. Praise the Lord for that. As soon as he gave me a warning ticket, I got in the car. The first thing I did is I called Joker up. You got watch out, man. There's a cop down over here. I just got pulled over and everything. So the other day, we're go, I'm going back from church, and I get a text message from Joker. Watch out. There's a cop over here. So what does that do? Did I start speeding up faster? No. I started slowing down. There was fear in my heart. It's a good thing to have fear in your heart. But you need to have it for God. You need to remember, he's listening to me. He's watching me. He knows what's going on. And God says, oh, that there was such a heart in them. That they would fear me. That's how your heart will get softened. Is when you have a good healthy fear of the Lord. That will soften you up. The people that are so hard hearted that I run into. These atheists. They're hard hearted because they don't believe in God. And they had a heart about like that. Oh that they were such a heart in them. That they would fear me. And look. And keep all my commandments always. That it might be well with them. With their children forever. Man, what a verse. That's a great verse, guys. Y'all need to underline that stuff. Look, and keep all my commandments always, not just the ones that you want to keep and not just when, you, when it's convenient for you. All the commandments always. See, Christ gave us a lot of commandments in the New Testament, and we like to keep the ones we like, and then the ones we don't like, we like to throw them out. And God's not like that. He says, I want you to keep all of them, and I want you to keep them always and do them, and I want you to have a healthy fear of me. Why does he do that? That it might be well with them and, that with, and with their children forever. This stuff that God's doing, so it'll be good for you and be well for you. And things will go good in your life, and that's what everybody wants. We want things to go good in our lives. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Just a page over. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Look at verse 5. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Is that sheep outside? What is that noise outside? It's like sheep or, or, or goats out there. Possum up in the attic crying. Or All the kids are here, right? Amen. There's nobody's kids. Out. All right, yeah. Sounds like a dog to you? I don't know what it is. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Man, we sure are loose this morning. This is good. Thanksgiving meal is good for you guys. Y'all are loose and joking around and having a good time in the Lord. This is wonderful. Verse 5. And thou, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. All right, so you want to have a soft heart, you need to have a love for the Lord. You not only need to have a fear of the Lord, but secondly, you need to have a great love of the Lord. It'll soften your heart. That love that you have for the Lord will soften your heart. They came to Jesus Christ, says, there's all these commandments in the Old Testament, and they came to Jesus Christ. Which is the greatest commandment? Jesus Christ said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. He quoted that verse right there. 
You want to be, have a soft heart? You want to be right with God? Follow that verse, friend, and you'll be right with God. Now, it's really, really hard to do, isn't it? Right? Because we put our heart on so many other things. And Jesus warned us about our heart. And he warned us out of abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaketh. So what happens is, is you get around people and you hear what they're talking about. You hear what they're talking about. That's what's on their heart. That's where their heart's at. That's the love, you know. You get around a man and all he talks about is hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting. That's what he loves. You get around a man and all he talks about is sports, sports, sports. That's what he loves. You get around a man, he's talking about his wife, talking about his family. That's what he loves. I, what bothers me is I, I roll with these men and I ride with them eight hours a day. And there's men I've worked with for years and years and didn't even realize they had kids. That is scary. How can a man ride with another man eight hours a day and you don't realize they have kids? Where's their heart at? You, if, if, there's men to get in my truck and they talk about their kids. I was my kid last night. I was doing this with my kid and my wife and everything. They have a, that's where their heart's at. You can tell where a man's heart's at what he's coming out of his mouth. How can, how can they not be talking about their kids? I, you know, it, it's amazing to me. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. A heart full of love is a heart that can't grow hard. Amen. Amen. A heart full of love is a heart that can't grow hard. Guys, you just need to keep love in your heart. And I know that sounds cliche. I know that sounds like something you'd read on the back of, back of a Hallmark card or something like that. But it's true. You've got to keep love in your heart. The love for the Lord God Almighty. Love for the Father. Just have a love for Him. Why don't you not do that sin that you were going to do simply because you love the Lord and you don't want to hurt His feelings? That kind, of, that, that kind of love you have for the Father. Father, I know this would hurt you. I know this would hurt Jesus Christ. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk this way. I don't want to act this way. There's times I don't act a certain way simply because I know it would embarrass the Lord and I have a love for the Lord. And you've got to keep your heart, and the heart, your heart on the Lord God, on the Father, on Jesus Christ, and have that heart on Him. And have a, whatever the Lord's loving, you need to love. Amen. Yeah, whatever the Lord loves, you need to love. And you need to fall in love with God, fall in love with His church, fall in love with His people. Fall, fall in love with the way He likes to do things. Fall in love with, the, with His words, with His book. You need to fall in love with everything about God. See, when you fall in love with the Lord, you're not just falling in love with, the, in love with something that's a pie-in-the-sky idea or some philosophy. You're falling in love with Jesus Christ that's alive, that can walk through these doors. He's listening to you. He's listening to you. He's, he's watching you. And you've got to say, what did Jesus Christ love? Well, Jesus Christ loved his, God's Word. What, whatever He loves, you want to love. And that will change your heart. The loneliest place in the world is a human heart with love absent. That's why E.C. McKenzie said, the loneliest place in the world is a human heart where love is absent. That's so true. That's a hard heart. But you want to, keep, you want to get a soft heart, you've got to fill your heart with love for the Lord God Almighty. And thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. All right, let's go on to verse 6. Same, same chapter, but look at verse 6. And these words... Which I commanded thee this day shall be, where shall they be? In thine heart. Amen. Amen. And that means that a heart full of scripture stays soft. Amen. A heart full of scripture stays soft. A heart full of scripture. And these words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. Look at verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. 
Why are you teaching? Because you love them. You love those words and you love your children. And you want them to love God and you teach your, your children the Bible, the words of God. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. When you're sitting around on the couch, you talk about the word of God. You talk about God. You talk about Jesus Christ. You talk about brothers and sisters in Christ. You talk about the things you love. And you, thou shalt teach them diligence to thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, when you're going through Walmart, when you're going through Kroger, talk about the Bible. Talk about the word of God. When you're talking to a friend, say, man, the Lord's blessed us with a good day. Don't just say it's a pretty day. Say the Lord God, Lord Jehovah, Father God, Jesus Christ has blessed us with a good day. However you want to put it, but put the Lord God in there. Put the Father in there. Make them think about God because nobody else is making them think about it. The weatherman don't get up there on TV and say, God is sending this front down this way. And what God's going to do is he's going to say, no, they don't talk about God. But we know it's God doing it, amen. So when you talk about the weather, you talk about, well, God gave us a pretty day. Or I, w- I sure wish the Lord would send us a rain. Make people think about because that's where your heart's at. It's on the Lord. And he says, when, you, when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by thy way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. I think that covers just about every part of your life. Amen? When you're sitting down, when you're rising up, when you're sitting on the couch, when you're walking in the way, anything you're doing, God says, Mention my words, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Now, you see them Jews today, and they'll put those scripture, and they'll have them in little boxes, and they'll have them on their forehead, and you ever seen them? Would they have them strapped on the forehead? That's why they're doing that. That's the Ten Commandments. They put that up there. Make them think on God. That, that, that's a silly way of doing it, but that's God's way of saying it. That's, I want them to be important to you. Amen. That's why we try to put scriptures on our cars, on our trucks, on our refrigerators, put scripture Bibles everywhere in our house. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a Bible in every room of your house, you know. Amen. There's nothing wrong with having scripture everywhere you go. When they gave me that uh, new position and moved me up and all the nonsense at work, one of the first things I tried to do when they said, this is your office. I didn't put up a picture of my wife, which I should have. I didn't put up any pictures of my kids, which I could have. What I did is I brought in my Bible and I laid it on that desk and I opened it up right there. I had that Bible right there. Because I want anybody who comes in that room, I want them to know. When they walk in that room, they say, well, there's a Bible right there. He must be a Christian or he must love God. I want them to thank on God. Not about my wife or or put up a picture of the Dallas Cowboys or whatever nonsense. I want them to come in. I want them to think about the Bible. Think about the Word of God. That's important to me, and I want it to be important to them. And now thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets frontlets between thine eyes. Look at verse 9. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Amen. Amen. You know, I I know when I'm in a house that's a, a really good Christian, now, some of y'all are going to go home, and, <laughs> and I hadn't been to a lot of y'all's houses, so don't judge me on that. I'm not judging you, I promise you. But when I go in and I see scriptures on the walls, you know, instead of seeing a cross, I'd rather see a verse of scripture on the wall. That's the way I feel about it. I mean, a cross is okay, but when I go into a room and I see somebody has a whole wall full of crosses, that don't do nothing for me. But when I go into somebody's house and they have scripture on the wall, and if it's King James, man, that just brings me joy. Amen. It brings me joy. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. When you have a love for the word of God, it's going to soften your heart. Amen. There was a lady named, try to think of her name. I've got it written down here. Lady Ann Grimston. Now, she was a 
supposedly an atheist, and she said, if I shall live again as surely as a tree will grow from my body. She said, I will live again as surely as a tree will grow from my body. She didn't believe in the resurrection. Well, when they buried her, they buried her in this marble tomb, and they put the, buried her in this marble tomb like a marble casket, and they put iron bands around this marble casket. She didn't want to come up out of that, she didn't want to come up out of that marble casket, see. She's wanting to try to hide from God, and she thought, I'll just bury myself in this marble casket, put iron bands around it, then God can't get in to, in to get me and get my body. You know, I can't be resurrected. That's how stupid some people think. But she did that. And this is over in England a couple of hundred years ago. And the, and the rumor was, I mean, the story goes, she said, I'll, I'll live again as, as surely as a tree will grow from my body. Well, a couple of years after, after they laid her in the grave and they put the bands around the marble casket, a couple of years later they noticed that that little tomb that was above there, it cracked. And then a couple of years later on, after that crack, they seen a tree growing up out of there. And then now you can go to that. It's one of the oldest trees in England. The thing's huge, grown out of that tomb. Now, is that coincidence? I don't know. But I will tell you this. God's word, when it gets into a hard heart like that, it can break it just like it broke that tomb. And when you put that word of God in somebody's heart and you have it on the back of your car, when you give them a scripture, when you give them a track, when you just give them a verse that you love. I mean, Sister Linda was telling me this morning, she's got a verse of scripture that she loves. Is there a verse of scripture that you love? That's your verse. That's just you're in God's scripture. You should have. You should have verses of scripture that that's not Brother Keegan's scripture. That's not Brother Keegan's favorite scripture. That's your favorite scripture. That's because that book, you love that book, and that book is special to you. Not because it's special to the preacher or special to your grandmother or granddad. It's special to you, and you love this book. And you had that scripture. But that scripture, that scripture, you can drop that scripture in a hard place, and it'll grow, and it'll break, and it'll crack that hard heart and make it soft again. That's what it did to me. That's how I got saved. I heard the preacher preaching scripture, and it pricked my heart. And my heart, when I saw I was going to go to hell, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And it's, my heart all softened up, and man, I've never been the same. But praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for scripture. Praise the Lord for the word of God. Praise the Lord that you can write it down. We got it. You know, uh, I was in Austin. I was in Austin Friday. And I, y'all, y'all know my car, on the back of my car, it says, Whosoever believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I got that scripture on the back of my car. And I was on the phone with my wife, and this guy drove by me, and he was looking at me, and he was like that. And I'm like, what is that? why is that guy yelling at me? And then I got a little further and stopped at a red light, and the guy come up there, and I got a little further, and he got by, by me again. He looked at me again, and I could hear he had loud music in his car. And he was looking at me, and he was, was gnawing at me. I'm like, and then I realized, oh, I'm in Austin, Texas, where the weirdos are. <laughs> he saw my bumper sticker, and it's bothering him, you know. I guess it's bothered. That's the only thing I can figure out. I hope it bothered him all night long. I hope he can't get any sleep at all, because <laughs> that's what the Word of God does to you. When man, somebody quotes a scripture to you, I've re- read account after account of lost man or lost woman. Somebody quoting, just giving them a scripture. And they go home at night and they can't get any sleep because all that, that scripture is just going over. The Holy Spirit's just replaying it over, over in their mind and they can't sleep and they're having dreams or having nightmares. And they, they're just going to get right with God. That's how the scripture works. And that's why God says it's important. I want you to love me with all your heart and I want you to love my words with all your heart. You want to have a soft heart, that's how you're going to do it. Now look at, look at Psalms chapter 34. Look at Psalms chapter 34. Man, we, gotta have, we need to have a soft heart. And unfortunately, sometimes the only way you're going to have a soft heart is this way. 
And this is the way we're going to look at it. Look at Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. It shouldn't be this way, but it's this way for a lot of people that I know. We're, lo- we're looking at Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. Sometimes it's the only way you're going to have a soft heart is this way right here. Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as a be of a contrite spirit. Sometimes the only way you're going to have a soft heart is if you have a broken heart. And I've seen this over and over and over again in my life, in my ministry, preaching funerals. I've seen it over and over again. I, I, I've known people that so hard-hearted, so hard-hearted, but that takes a tragedy it takes a tragedy in their life that breaks their heart before they'll get right with God. And they've got to have their heart softened up. But if you have a hard heart, if you have a hard heart, you're not going to get right with God. You've got to have a broken heart. And God's not going to draw nigh to you if you have a hard heart. Look here at verse 18. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. It's going to take a soft heart before the Lord will draw nigh to you. And I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to be near me. And Christian, and I'm talking to Christians too. Christians, if you have a hard heart and you're living with a hard heart, God's not going to be near you. He's not. He don't like hanging around somebody who's hard-hearted. Listen, I don't like hanging around you when you're (laughs) hard-hearted. And other people don't like hanging around you when you're... Nobody likes hanging around somebody who's hard-hearted and just spiteful and mean. We want to hang around people that have love and joy and happiness in their heart. And that's what it's all about. Now, look, let's close. Look at Psalm 51. Let's look at one more verse in Psalm 51, and we'll close up. In Psalm 51. The Lord is near someone who has a broken heart. And sometimes it takes a tragedy in a person's life before they'll finally soften their heart up. It, it takes them to have a broken heart. Look at Psalm chapter 51. Look at verse 16. For, look, and this is a psalmist. He says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. What the Bible's saying there is God's not delighted just because you're coming to church. Amen. God's not just delighted because you're, you're coming to church and you're making a show of it. God's not just delighted about that. You can be reading your Bible every day, but you can be reading it with a hard heart. Amen. And you can be just going through the motions, doing those things. Nobody wants to be married to somebody that's just in that marriage and they're just doing it because that's just the thing to do. They want their spouse to love them and want to be with them. And they're in that marriage because they love them, right? And that's what God is saying. He's not, the Bible saying that for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not and burn off. What does God want? Verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. So what God wants out of you is simply a broken heart and a broken spirit. And a contrite heart and a broken spirit. He wants a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. Isn't that amazing that God says, that's what I want out of you. That's what I want. See, so many of us are so hard-hearted and we're going through life and we got this attitude and it's as hard as this wood right here. And God says, that's not where I want you. I want you with a soft heart. So love can get in there. I want that soft heart so you'll have love for me and you'll have love for the Word of God and you'll have love for your fellow man and have love for your enemies and do all those commandments I want you to do, but you can't do it because your heart's not right. You have a hard, hard heart. And we already talked about all the dangers of having this hard heart, and we're looking now 
In closing, we're looking at all the things you need to do to have a soft heart. And it might take God bringing... If you don't, if you don't soften your own heart up, guys, if you don't soften your own heart up and get right with God, He might bring a tragedy into your life just so you'll get right and soften up. Amen. And that's possible. I know it's happened in my life. He'll do something to me just so I'll stop and soften up and stop being so hard and so stubborn-headed and have that hard, hard heart. Here's the last thing I want to show you. It's in the same chapter. It won't take two seconds. Look at verse 10 in closing. Look at Psalms chapter 51, verse 10. Here's how you need to pray. In closing, this is how you need to pray. Verse 10. Here's how you pray. Create, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What an amazing prayer. It's real simple, isn't it? Lord, just clean me up. Lord, just clean my heart up. I know I'm hard. I know I'm as hard as flint rock. My heart is just so hard. Lord, please, Lord, will you just clean me up? Clean me up, Lord, because I want to have a heart for you. See, a clean heart, then, is a heart you can take and put to God. Because nobody wants to give their heart to God, and I've met people like this, they don't want to come to God simply because their heart's so full of sin, so full of filthiness, so full of rottenness, and they know that God is a holy God, and they don't want to come to God. They don't even want to pray to God because their heart's so filthy and hard. And you need to say, Lord, just please clean me up, clean my heart up so I can approach to you. Remember the parable that the Lord Jesus Christ talked about, about being justified before God? We all want to be justified before God. We all want to be right before God, right? And he told the parable of the Pharisee. And he said the Pharisee came down and there was a man laying down there. He said, I'm glad, that Pharisee said, I'm glad I'm not like that man. I'm glad I'm not a sinner. I tithe twice a week. I do all. And remember, the Pharisee was bragging about how he's going to church. He's doing all those right things. And then there was another man that wouldn't even come close. And he stood there and he got on his knees and he's crying out to God. And he said he's a wicked sinner. And he was crying out and said, just heal me up, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No good. And Jesus Christ said, that man went down justified to his house. If you're in here this morning and you're willing just to cry out to God and admit that you're a sinner, admit that you're wrong, admit that you've got a sinful heart, you've got a hard heart, God said, I'll draw near to you. And I'll clean you up. And that's the kind of person he, God wants to be around. He doesn't want to be around somebody who doesn't need a physician. He wants to be around somebody who needs him. Amen. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I need the Lord. I need the Father, and I need Him to be near me, and I want to have a soft heart. Because I want Him to be able to pour all that love into that heart so I can take that love and pour it off on other people. Because, man, when you have a hard heart, it's impossible to love your enemies. And that's one of the great commandments Jesus gave us. We're supposed to love our enemies. And how can we do it if we have a hard heart? Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.